Welcome to Caregiver SOS On Air, presented by the WellMed Charitable Foundation with nationally known gerontologist Carol Zernio and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron. This program provides health, wellness, and other information for caregivers who are vital to the health and well-being of so many people across our country. Now, here are your hosts, Ron Aaron and Carol Zernio. Well, we thank you so much for joining us on Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Carol Zerniel. Carol is the executive director of the WellMed Charitable Foundation, spent a whole lot of years in the caregiving field dealing with uh, issues involving geriatrics, has her master's degree from the University of the Incarnate Word in geriatrics, and is well-known across this country for her work in that field. Actually, nice in the field you. of social gerontology, yes. I don't promote me cool. to a doctor, though. No, no. no geriatrics, yeah. just gerontology. Not a doctor, right. Although you could have been if you wanted I could have been. I could have been a contender. Yeah, you could have. You I can still have. go. Still, you know, oh, wow. You could. I think I'm too tired. <laughs> there you are. Well, we have an opportunity to talk with uh, a young woman who is with the WellMed Medical Management Group. Linda Branch is her name. She is a licensed social worker, and she does something that you wouldn't expect a healthcare delivery company to do, and that is providing economic security discussions strategies for well-made patients would you expect a healthcare company to do that well i you know i think that this when you talk about health you have to have a holistic approach at WellMed. we do have a holistic approach and so if you're going to take care of their health there is so much about health that is related to economic security and so you know if you can't pay your bills uh if you can't buy your groceries, if you can't afford a car, you know, there are a lot of things. There's a lot of health is related to zip code and to financial status. And so we're so fortunate to have Linda Branch, who is, you know, an expert in all of these things uh, to work with our older persons who, you know, are now living on fixed incomes. So, Linda, tell us how in the world did you come to WellMed? I actually um, got an email from a United Health um, Care HR person, and um, it was advertising this job, and so I applied for it, and I thought, hmm, economic security, kind of in line with, um, I've been doing medical social work for a very long time, and so um, it kind of lined up with what I've been doing for a long time. What were you doing? Um, I've actually been working, I've been a medical social worker for a very long time in a managed care organization, and this population, working with individuals over the age of 60, has always been my population. You know, it's interesting when you think of young people heading off to Our Lady of the Lake or elsewhere to get a degree in uh, social work. I don't know that many of them think of medical social work. (coughs) Well, uh, and I just kind of landed in medical social work, um, working in an ambulatory care clinic and um, actually managing... um, nurses, social workers, and care coordination assistants, and the whole process of care coordination is looking at the holistic approach and how do you deal with the whole person versus looking at them um, from an angle and only seeing one part. So I have to say that we are replicating within the WellMed Charitable Foundation um, an economic security casework initiative that was started at the National Council on the Aging, where, as you know, You're a board um, member. I'm a board member and immediate past chair. And you know, when I heard about you know the casework, because you were what you were just talking about is very traditional social work, but 
traditional social workers are not necessarily uh, well grounded in economic security and financial casework, that's a different ball of wax and can involve um, different partners. So economic casework, and, and we took Linda and sort of tossed her into the pond um, in our senior centers, uh, working with folks who are 60 plus. And, you know, what was the first thing you had to do in the senior centers to be able to do this work? I first had to decide on um, a questionnaire. You know, how are we going to extract the information that we need from these individuals? And nobody wanted to give you. Actually, they really don't want to give it to you initially. So um, because, you know, finances is very sensitive. And so um, they don't know you and they don't trust you with that very sensitive information. And so um, I think my very first um, approach was building trust because I needed information from them in order to be able to see how I can help them. How did you do that? Um, being present, um, being consistent, um, doing what I say that I'm going to do. And so if I say I'm going to see you at 2, I'm there at 2. If I say I'm going to follow up or try to find you a resource, I'm going to do that. And so being consistent and always being present, they need to know that you're not going to say uh, one thing and do another. Now, what was your anticipation before you got into this full time? What did you think the role would be and, and how has that turned out? Actually, it's exactly what I thought it was going to be. Um, it hasn't really changed from the original um, concept that I kind of took on. It's still the same that these are individuals um, that don't really know how to tap into the various systems that can help them. But also one thing that I did learn over this last year is that I believe we view economic um, security from an old set of lens. I think that people who um, think about economic insecurity, they always think welfare. Well, that's the old set of lenses. This could be um, individuals from low income to very um, moderate income that are economically insecure. And it could be either they don't, the lower income don't know how to tap into the services that are available for them or to them, and then those that are at a high, um, higher um, uh, income bracket, they are overly extended in debt because they had the resources and they look at that dollar amount as I have the resources to pay this bill and pay that bill. And the second thing that I learned is that a lot of them will covet their um, credit scores so that they can use that for their family members, which gets them in. Uh, I mean, co-signing on uh Loans, yeah, absolutely. Which, which terrifies which me just thinking about it. One should never do. Right. Well, and, and so one of the things that we have talked about since I was in graduate school 30 years ago, actually, this year, um, we knew that the baby boomers were going to be in trouble. So those folks who were born between 46 and 64 who are aging in 65 right now, um, one third of them are in debt. One third of them live paycheck to paycheck, and only a third of them have savings. So two thirds of a 74 million population are either, you know, one catastrophic or not. So it's actually $400, one $400 emergency expense away from really being in trouble. Uh, and then 
you know, that third that, that are, they're already in trouble. So the idea of economic security being one of the key factors, one of the key issues that we are facing from this point forward, especially when we know that folks don't have the retirement income. You know, I, I didn't work for a company for 30 years, get a pension and I'm set. For my retirement, I, you know, the generation coming up, we're all on 401k plans. We had to save our own retirement. Uh, and so, you know, I'm not sure what you're seeing um, out there in the field. I just want to let folks know who may have just joined us. She's Carol Zerniel. I'm Ron Aaron. We're talking with Linda Branch, who is a licensed social worker, and she works with Wellman Medical Management, providing economic security uh, for seniors who are Uh, dealing with all kinds of economic and and socially related issues. We hope you are enjoying the program, and you can hear podcasts of all of our shows just by going to Google and put in WellMed or Caregiver SOS on air. That's it. Caregiver SOS on air. Google it, and you'll find it. Linda. Um, Thank you, Ron. I think with economic um, casework, because it, it is really casework, and we really, um, I do try to do case management because these are individuals that once they walk away, um, if you don't follow up with them, they can get lost and they won't come back. But um, dealing with economic insecurity, it really affects their health um, because they don't eat right. And I tell you, probably about 90% of the individuals that I help. Um, when I ask the question about food, that's the very last thing that they will buy. And they definitely, uh, probably 90% of them do not have an emergency savings. So what are they eating? Well, they they eat at the centers. So we're grateful. There's that lunch this, so we're five days a week. That they do have this, this, the meals at the centers five days a week. But also they, not, almost all of them are eligible for the, food, for the food bank. So they do get their commodities there. And they do tap into the other um, pantries around town. And then for uh, those who are facing economic insecurity, uh, what does lack of food, regular meals, what does that do to them overall? Well... In, in the long run, if they are not eating well, and especially uh, one of my questions on my questionnaire is I always ask about their diseases because I want to know if they have any type of chronic diseases. So um, I'm seeing diabetes, I'm seeing um, hypertension, high cholesterol, um, and some renal insufficiencies. And so um, eventually, if you're not eating correctly, it will affect your health. And also your mental health, too, because if you're economically insecure, you're worried all the time, and you're living high stress. So from your standpoint, let's begin with Economic Security 101. Mrs. Jones walks into your office at one of the WellMed senior centers where you spend time, and you introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Linda Branch, and she says... What can you do for me? And you say? Well, let's sit down and talk. What are some of the issues that you're dealing with as it relates to finances? And that, kinds of, that kind of brings them into focus. Um, and they'll tell me things like, well, um, I can't really uh, afford to pay my light bill on a, on a regular basis. So um, I then, from that point, let them know that if you don't mind, I need to collect a little information on you because I need to kind of get more of a better picture of what you're dealing with. And that will give me um, the information that I need to be able to make the right recommendations for you that can kind of get you stable and get you on the right path. 
And so from that point, we they do start disclosing the information as I ask. The now, floodgates open. Not sometimes, not initially. Um, women are are a little more um, apt to give me more information. Men are a little more apprehensive, and so they won't give me as much as I need. So it'll take a couple of visits for them to come back and to give me more information. But women are more apt. So when you're listening, um, I know with this particular program, you're thinking about increasing revenues and decreasing expenses so that you know we've got a net effect going both directions to get more money in someone's pocket more coming in less going out yes we'll pick up on that in just a minute we thank you for listening to us right here on caregiver sos on air i'm ron aaron along with our special guest linda branch and our co-host carol zerniel delighted to have you with us excited to bring you the all-new WellMed Radio. Our goal is to help make listeners healthier by focusing on health and wellness for adults everywhere. The new WellMed Radio features Dr. Joshua Beck, an outstanding family physician and attorney and veteran broadcaster Ron Aaron. Ooh, that's me. Each week we will focus on health prevention and wellness that's critical to the quality of life. The all-new WellMed Radio. And remember, WellMed Radio, Saturday at 7 a.m. on 9.30 a.m. The Answer, and Sunday at 12 on Freedom, 1160 KRDY. Thank you very much, and we are delighted to have you with us here on Caregiver SOS On Air with Carol Zerniel, our co-host, and I'm Ron Aaron, and licensed social worker Linda Branch is with us, graduated from UNLV undergrad and her master's from the University of Phoenix in leadership. That's interesting. How do you go from social work to leadership? Well, um, (laughs) that is kind of a funny question. No, I'm just curious. Um, I went from, actually, my career path was, after medical social work, was to do industrial social work. And so you have to be able to understand the leaders within the organization to see if they know how to lead well. That's a pretty good point. How about in the medical field? Doesn't it help to know if the leaders are leading well? Well, that was my industry. And so I would stay within the healthcare industry and I would go into organizations within the um, industry and to see if we're accomplishing our goals based on our leadership styles. Wow. So I can remember working in a mental health facility right where my boss was a counselor you know the head of all of the counselors and one day I realized he was using all of his little psycho tricks on me you know all his little therapy things and and keywords I was like oh my gosh you're using your mental health work on me (laughs) and he and he was like what I'm like oh my gosh because I you know all of a sudden there was a presentation on this is what you do when you have a problem behavior (laughs) 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 and I realized I'd fallen into that bucket a couple of times and he had sure enough pulled out the tricks. Did it work? Yes, actually, it did. So Linda must be very good at what, she, what she's done. She's analyzing the leaders to see, you know, if they've got a, a something diagnosable. <laughs> now, we were talking about uh, people come to see you the first time, second time, third time. Uh, your goal is to get them on sound footing to try to reach a place where more money is coming in than is going out. But that's not always possible. No, it isn't. But I I actually think that it's um, a bigger job than just sitting down and doing um, the assessment and um, getting them uh, more money coming in and 
um, less money going out. But I also think that it's about changing the way we view money, having a respect for money. And I think that this generation um, probably don't view money the way that we should. I think that it takes a lot of education. And so that's one of the focuses that I'm doing is offering financial wellness um, classes so that we can start viewing money differently um, as it relates to. So if I get you on the right path and you got more money coming in and less money going out, well, if you don't change your behavior, what's going to happen? I was just thinking what toys I can buy. Well, and that's what happens. If you see you have a surplus, and so rather than think about I need an emergency fund, well, a lot of the individuals that I help, they've already paid off their property, so property taxes are inevitable. They're going to continuously pay property taxes, but yet there's not a fund to pay for that. So it's trying to get that mindset to change and to view money differently. So I got a surplus. I got a reprieve. Now, what do I do to make life better for me so that I'm not down this path in about six to eight months later? Well, you talked about the folks, you know, that um, are concerned about their other family members. They want a good credit score so they can buy things for their other family members or, or co-sign on a loan. Do you find that people go into debt because they are taking care of either adult children or they've got responsibility for grandchildren? I mean, how common is that? Not so much the grandchildren, but I do find that the adult children who don't live in the home. So they're, they're pretty much um, contributing to um, some of their uh, finance. I have a, um, um, a person that um, her son has a, a mortgage under her name. Under and your so, client's name? Yes. And so that's not uncommon that um, they would use their perfect credit to help out their children. And they really feel like they're helping them out. But in the long run, what I see is that they end up Uh, stuck with the bill. Yeah, does she understand if he dumps on the mortgage, she's responsible? She understands. But did it anyhow? But did it anyway. Wow. So what do you tell her? There's consequences to every decision that we make, good or bad. And so... um, it's the truth. And I like that. You don't take any shortcuts. You no, just yeah, I was going to say, lay that's, it a, out. that's a social worker right now. <laughs> I like that. Guess what? But huh. sometimes, you know, I can't really tiptoe around the subject because um, if, I, if I do and if I don't tell them the truth, I'm doing them an injustice. Well, one of the things that, you know, we've talked about that you have seen here in this first year um, of business is that when someone retires, they are not adjusting their income to retirement. So, you know, is that is that not a light bulb that goes off? Or, I mean, what, what is that conversation like? Because, it, you know, it might seem fairly obvious that and, that paid is going to be less. Well, in all of in the, most of the, the situations that I've dealt with in that respect is that um, there's they're still trying to live the same lifestyle, but they're getting deeper and deeper in debt. And so now they're so deep in debt is when they come to see me. And so now the conversation becomes that this was that was then and this is now. And so we have to deal with where we are right now. And so, um, you know, what you have to do could be a little drastic. And so my question is, how committed are you to this change? What would drastic mean? Bankruptcy 
or um, filing for um, consolidated uh, credit consolidation or debt consolidation, and both of those will affect your credit score. Because keep in mind, I said, many of them covet that credit score. And so they would rather stay in debt and be buried in that debt than to affect that credit score. But that debt, and as they slowly pay less and less on each card, that hits their credit score as well. Well, many of them are not late. They pay the minimum, which means they'll never come from underneath that debt. They're buried for life. So they'll be buried for life with that debt. But they make that payment on time. But they'll make that minimum payment. And um, some of the, uh, the, the, the um, interest rates are so ridiculous. So the conversation becomes, how committed are you to coming from underneath this debt? Because you can't hold on to this and that. One of them have to go. And without stereotyping, you're talking to a generation that uh, finds bankruptcy abhorrent. Exactly. And so that is very difficult for them to embrace, is that... You may have see, and, and some if your debt is over thirty thousand um, dollars, I don't know if debt consolidation is a solution. It may be bankruptcy because if you're, you're you consolidate, I don't know how much relief you're going to get. So we have these conversations about what's realistic and how much relief you're going to get. Well, and I think about um, Elizabeth White, who we've had on Caregiver SOS on air, who wrote the book um, Under 50 Unemployed and Faking Normal, where she talks about being a successful businesswoman who finds herself in middle age uh, unemployed and without enough money and trying to fake this lifestyle that she used to have. Um, And she would talk about, you know, you've got you do whatever you have to do. If you have to sell the home and go sleep on a friend's couch, that's what you do. Which she did. She was, she, you know, she's pretty blunt. I think her and Linda would, uh, you know, be giving similar advice. Mm-hmm. And she spoke at the last year's caregiver summit. At, yes, at our, econo- at our right. economic security summit. Yes, she did a great job. She did, and, you know, that is so true is because you do have to make a decision as how drastic do you want to go. Um, do you want to pay the $900 a month um, house payment or do you want to sell the house? Do you want to take that equity out of that house and live somewhere that you can afford or um, do you want what are your options? So I do try to give them options. But I wanted this house for my children. It's your choice. It's your choice. Um, You know, my job is to give you the options and to help you and to educate you and to help you to make the best or to make an informed decision. So what is it like when the light goes on, when they suddenly get it? It's awesome. And you must have clients who do, right? It is absolutely amazing. Tell us about that. The light go on and they really get it. And sometimes they fail the first time. So the light doesn't come on until they come back again and they say, okay, uncle. I need help. And so that's when the real work began is because they say, uncle, I need real help now. And what do you find most rewarding about what you're doing? What I find most rewarding is when I have um, when I find solutions and I get the outcome that I'm looking for. So if um, somebody is buried in debt and we can reduce their um, their expenses by 60 to 70 percent. That's that's an awesome um, feeling because now they have more money back that they can do more with. And then for them to come back to me and to tell me um, how it changed their life. 
I have so many people that will come back and say, Linda, I am so glad that they hired you and that you're here. That's pretty cool. Now, are there other Lindas or are you it? I'm it for now. Well, I have a volunteer. I have a volunteer that just started um, on, in June, and so she'll be helping me. We're, we're kind of slowly getting her on board and helping her to get to the point. But she's a social worker, too, so she'll be really dynamic. Now, do you have to be a member of the Senior Center uh, to get your help? Do you have to be a WellMed patient? How does it work? They do have to be a member of the Senior Center to access me. Um, and they don't necessarily have to be a well-met patient, but what I do tell people who hear about what I do and they are not members of the Senior Center, I always encourage them to join the Senior Center because this is a benefit of being a member. Plus, it's free. And it's free. I mean, what's, what's wrong with free? Well, and our hope is that others that hear about Linda and her work will want to start uh, more programs like this. Uh, certainly, one Linda branch is not enough to serve uh, 74 million people. So, you know, the National Council on the Aging is an excellent resource, ncoa.org, uh, and you can look up economic security, check out the website, their decision trees, and if you're wanting to start a program, give them a call. I like that. And if folks want to meet with you, talk with you, they'll find you at one of the senior centers. Doris Griffin um, Senior Center, Elvira Cisneros, or the Alicia Trevino Lopez. And that's only here in San Antonio. Right, only in San Antonio. Soon to be elsewhere, perhaps. We hope so. Hey, thank you so much for coming in. We really appreciate it. You're welcome. Linda Branch, thank you. Carol Zerniel, thank you. We have, uh, in the old days, you'd say, put another show in the can, but there are no cans yeah, anymore. We're short of cans it's these all days. digitals. For Carol Zerniel, I'm Ron Aaron. We will talk with you again soon. Right here on Caregiver SOS On Air. You've been listening to Caregiver SOS On Air, an exclusive presentation of the WellMed Charitable Foundation. We welcome emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. Join co-hosts Carol Zerniel and Ron Aaron next week for more on caregiving, improving the health and well-being of caregivers and their care recipients everywhere. For more on caregiving and podcasts of our programs, visit caregiversos.org.